Perak Aleph Mishnah Beis. This Mishnah is a direct continuation of the previous Mishnah. This Mishnah simply provides an illustration of the teaching presented in the previous Mishnah. In the course of explaining that Mishnah, we worked with the same illustration. So if you're not too well familiar with the concepts of the previous Mishnah, go back and learn it. So let's just see the Mishnah here. Walking us through the illustration, uh, Mishnah says, Ketzit Potrus Rasein. How may we illustrate the law taught in the previous Mishnah that if one of the 15 Arayos listed in that Mishnah were to fall in Yibam to a surviving brother along with another widow who is not to erva to him, that the halacha is, not only is the erva widow exempt from Yibam, there's no Yibam between her and the surviving brother, but the exemption is passed along to her co-wife as well. There's no Yibam whatsoever to her either. So let's say, for example, If, let's say, Shimon's daughter was married to Ruvain, or he could replace that particular relation with any of the other relations listed in the previous Mishnah. point is, a woman who is erva to Shimon, but obviously not erva to Ruvain, hence he was able to marry her. So Ruvain was married to, let's say, Shimon's daughter. The man's niece is perfectly permissible to him. And Ruvain was also married to another woman not related to Shimon. But Mason and Ruvain died without any children. The halachas we learned in the last Mishnah is Kashem Shibito Petura, just as uh, clearly Shimon's daughter is totally exempt from Yibam. The Torah obviously doesn't say go and marry your daughter, which is an incestuous relationship. Kach Sarasa Petura. But the co wife as well, this other widow, is exempt from Yibam, is totally rejected from Yibam or Chalitza as far as Shimon, by virtue of the fact that she fell for Yibam consideration along with the woman who is heir to Shimon. And as we discussed in the previous Mishnah, the exemption can be further passed along to another co-wife. That is, let's say there's a third brother, Levi, and neither of these women related to Levi, and so they fell in Yibam to Levi and were actually candidates. There was a Yibam bond between Levi and one of the widows. He does Yibam to one of them. So let's say, The widow, who is not Shimon's daughter, when it actually consummated the mitzvah yibam with Levi. Now, Veloisha Cheres Levi had another wife that he married prior to all of this, Lameis. And then, sometime later, Levi himself died without any children. So now, these two widows, one of whom was married to Ruvain and Levi, and the other was only married to Levi, fall for even consideration to Shimon. Allah is, Kashem Shetzaras Bitovitura, just as. The co-wife of the erva, of Shimon's daughter, is exempt from Yibam. There's no Yibam here because once she was rejected from Mitzvah Yibam in that original Nephilus Yibam event, that makes her rejected as an erva forever from Shimon, even if there's a new situation here of Nephilus Yibam. The co-wife of the co-wife, this other wife, was only married to Levi, also is totally exempt from Yibam. There's no mitzvah of Yibam between Shimon and her either. She received this exemption by virtue of the fact that she fell in Yibam along with the woman who is considered erva, totally rejected from Yibam vis-a-vis Shimon. And by adding more brothers and repeating the same situation, the exemption can continue at infinitum. You could add a hundred brothers. The exemption we described here would repeat itself over and over. The co-wife of the co-wife, the co-wife of the co-wife of the co-wife, the co-wife, etc., etc., etc. 
The previous Mishnah made the point that this whole thing only gets going if the Erva widow was in fact married to Ruvain the moment Ruvain died, so that you know, she ended up being Ruvain's widow, as opposed to if the marriage between Ruvain and the Erva person, Shimon's daughter, dissolved prior to Ruvain's death. Then this whole thing doesn't get off the ground. So the Mishnah illustrates that rule. The Ketzari Mesut Mutaras. How could we illustrate that rule? Mishnah says, for example, If either it was Shimon's daughter or she was heir to Shimon for some other reason, pick any of the 15 examples we had in the previous Mishnah. Below, Isha'acheros, Ruven was married to another woman who is not heir to Shimon. And Mesa Bito Shimon's daughter died, or Ruvain divorced her, and afterwards Ruvain died, and thus Ruvain only left one widow, this other woman who's not erva to Shimon. Now, luck in this case is Tarasa Muteres. One widow is permitted to Shimon. The mitzvah Yibam does apply, because he or she didn't fall for Yibam consideration along with the woman who's erva to Shimon. Yes, she was once married to Shimon's brother alongside a woman that was Erev to Shimon, but that is irrelevant. The only time the exemption passes along to the co-wife is if the Erev woman, Shimon's daughter, let's say, fell for even consideration along with her as a result of being married to Ruvain up until the moment of his death. Now another illustration that we saw in the previous Mishnah of how the exemption of Tsar Serva would not apply was in the case of Mion, which is relevant in a situation of a, a minor woman who gets married, but in a way that it's only a rabbinic marriage, meaning let's say the father died, so it's no longer possible for there to be a biblical marriage between this uh, minor girl and Ruvain. But the Rabbanan said that uh, for her protection, it's possible for them to get married, and we would recognize that marriage on the rabbinic level, that being that it's not a biblical marriage, if, let's say, she wanted out, she wanted to end this marriage, she wouldn't need a get from him. Rather, she would just simply go to Bezdin and formally refuse and that would end the marriage. So if she exercised that right to be mine to refuse the marriage before Ruvain died, then, once again, the fact that she was once upon a time married to Ruvain alongside this other woman would be totally irrelevant. And the mitzvah of Yubin would fully apply to the one widow who fell in Yubin to Shimon. Our Mishnah makes the point regarding a situation in which Shimon's, let's say, daughter was married rabbinically to Ruvain along with another regular adult woman who was married biblically to him. And here, Shimon's daughter did not dissolve the marriage through Mian before Ruvain's death. So as of Ruvain's death, Shimon's daughter was rabbinically married to Ruvain. So here we have to appreciate the distinction between the way the Torah views this situation versus the way the Rabbanan view this situation. And that is that on the Torah level, Ruvain died married to only one woman. This woman who is not related to Shimon, not ever to Shimon. And so from the biblical point of view, there is a full mitzvah of Yibam between Shimon and this widow. She can't go and marry somebody else. And so the Yibam bond is addressed either through Yibam or Chalitza. However, from the rabbinic point of view, there is no mitzvah of Yibam between Shimon and this other widow, because, rabbinically speaking, she fell in Yibam along with a woman who was Erev to Shimon. So on the rabbinic level, the Tsarist Erev exemption applies, which says that it's 
inappropriate for them to do yibum. It's forbidden to do yibum. So what do they practically do in this case? The mission rules, The widow who fell in yibum to Shimon, who is not related to Shimon, not ever to Shimon, needs to be released through chalitza. Because, again, of the biblical viewpoints, which, of course, we have to account for, we have to you know, deal with that, which, again, says that this woman is not allowed to marry somebody else until she addresses that yibum bond. At the same time, we don't allow Shimon to actually do yibum with this widow because of the rabbinic point of view here, which is, again, that since on the rabbinic level, Shimon's heir, but let's say his daughter, was also married to Reuven at the time of his death, on the rabbinic level, it's a situation of tsar serva, which makes it inappropriate to do yibum. For you know, as soon as we say the mitzvah yibum doesn't apply, then it becomes prohibited to do yibum. So to account for that rabbinic viewpoint of this case, we don't allow them to actually go ahead with the yibum. Rather, we just have them do chalitza, and that releases her to marry somebody else.